Hi and welcome to The Courageous Mama. So I see you've been having some fun behind my back. For those of you who haven't listened, you'll have to pop back. But in short, my children and David Baker slipped their own podcast in a couple of weeks ago before the Easter break. I love a practical joke and I've certainly played my fair share, but talk about reap what you sow. So they got together for April Fool's and snuck it in. A cheeky podcast on the good, the bad and the ugly of Stanomeros life. <laughs> it was great. I loved the bit where Charlie said, go to dad for what you want and mum for what you need. They've worked us out. Have your kids worked you out? I have lost count of the amount of people who have quoted that at me over the last fortnight. So if you want a spill-all moment with my five children, you'll thoroughly enjoy that. So pop back to episode 52 if you want to hear that. Then last week we had a little Easter break, one of my favourite days of the year. It's Christmas without the hassle, followed by some fabulous moments of finally meeting up with people as we start to leave lockdown. It was such a thrill to see my brothers and sisters and my mum. And we're all coming out now, aren't we, with our long hair and beards and, well, not so much me with the beard, but, but definitely the shaggy hair. If you're someone who loves stimulation and thought around how to help your children flourish, no matter what age and stage they're at, babies or adults or anything in between, you've come to the right place. I've been really excited about this week's podcast because I think it just helps me with a few of those puzzle pieces of family life, popping some of those last pieces into place. You might remember Laura Mears. She hopped on the podcast last year to talk about the five voices, the five different sort of character types that we can all lead with. It was a helpful insight into how different people see life and function within it. It's so important as parents to understand ourselves and our partners and our friends. And that tool was really straightforward and clarifying. It was episode 15 if you want to pop back and I shall put that below in the show notes if you want to find it. So I've invited Laura back again and I've asked her to go through the five voices for children. We sat in front of a very crackly fire, in fact you'll hear it clicking away in the background, on a cold and frosty day and unpacked the different characteristics our children can showcase and she helped me to understand what's motivating that what's behind that and how to encourage our children by seeing where they're at and therefore helping them to flourish from where they're standing. Here's my conversation with Laura. Today I would love to cover those five voices in terms of children so that people listening can try and get an understanding of how their children tick, what upsets them, what motivates them. So can we go through them one by one? Yes, I think that would be wonderful. Do you want to list them first off so we kind of know where we're headed? Okay, so I've, I've come up with some sort of little names for them, for the voices, that are more kid-friendly. So we usually start with the quieter voice, which is the nurturer. I've called that the friend. Oh, yes, yes. And then we have a creative voice. Doesn't necessarily mean they're always doing arty stuff, although they may be. Um, they're the dreamer. Yes. Guardian, policeman. Okay. Connector is Tigger. <laughs> and the pioneer is the commander. 
Right. So five almost archetypes yes. or characters that you might associate with your child or other children that you know of. Yes. That hopefully, you know, some of that might resonate. And of course, you might see those as stereotypical, but you're not saying the commander wouldn't be a friend or that the friend couldn't police things. Just Definitely about not. Their first Definitely voice. Not. Exactly. So each of these voices are um, ways of seeing the world or particular giftings particular things that that child can bring but nobody speaks only one voice you know every child just as every person is made up of all five of those voices in differing degrees and every voice that brings their best um is healthy mm. and it will look you know like a, like a very healthy voice they will be a loving child you know, but they are bringing their love in very very different ways so it's important to see what they're bringing and not just almost label a child as, oh, they're a loving person or they're not very loving yeah. or they're yeah. open or they're not very open. Yeah. Actually, learning to discern how they see the world is going to give us a little window into mm. actually how our child can flourish and how they are bringing love. Brilliant. I love that because I'm so averse to labels. And so I realise you're not labelling, but what you're saying is it doesn't mean they haven't got a million gifts. Yeah. You want to see how they what lenses they're seeing the world through and therefore how things make sense to them. Exactly. And lenses is a key word there as well. Okay. So no one will just be one of them. Yeah. Um, in fact, you know, our voice is mainly made up of three. Three of the five. Okay. That's, they're the voices that will energise us. So you may see, you know, two characteristics here in one of your children mm. or one of them may be very strong mm. and it's only helpful to you, it's only relevant if, if you can see that there's something that you can do to help liberate them in terms of bringing their voice. So, so only when they've got stuck, you mean? No, I think what's not helpful is if you um, see them in that way and label them in that way. And that can be very tempting, can't it, sometimes? Okay, to sort of yes. Say, oh, well, I'm seeing you as this, mm. this voice. You're mm. a commander and that's it. And write you off. You know, you're off you go. You yes. know, you go and do your own thing. Therefore, you're no the use of being creative. Or... Exactly. Yeah. So actually... We've got to be a bit careful, I think, when mm. we um, sort of sort our children out, like mm. put the sorting hat on. We need to be a bit careful because we don't want to restrict them. But actually, if we just keep it to ourselves and we just go, OK, I'm going to just observe my kids and see whether the ideas that we've talked about, about how to liberate different children because they see the world differently, just see, just try it out. Does it work? That's why, that's the value of this is, can it help a child to live a more fulfilled life and if it can't then just forget all about it but I'd love you to listen um, today and just consider actually whether your child might fit one of these or, or even more than one of these ways of understanding the world and whether you know something you can do a tweak a small tweak in the way that you interact with them might help them bring their best okay so it's not where they've got stuck it's just to help them flourish even more yes exactly okay why don't we start with, well, do, we, do you want to start with the friend? Yes. Okay. So we'll start with the friend. And what does this look like for a child to be the sort of friend type? Well, often they are very much um, focused on the moment. They're focused on the person in front of them or the people around them. So for them, family are going to be very important. Home is often going to be a place where they want to be and feel most secure, feel known. Um, you know, I suppose a stereotype of children who are, have the friend personality um, is that they like to play 
uh, with dolls. They like to play imaginary play. A lot of their play will revolve around um, family and interactions between people, conversations. They can often be quite chatty, although not necessarily loud. So then they're one of the least confident of the voices and they certainly um, don't put themselves forward. They can never be arrogant. Um, they're usually much less confident than you might think, even though they're sort of chatty and happy. They probably need to be told every single day that they're loved and reminded of, of the value they bring and reminded of actually all the amazing gifts that they have. Because the friend isn't just a nice, chatty, personable kid. They're actually very pragmatic as well. They always think, OK, this is what needs to be done. And they'll often get the next thing done. Very much focus on the present, not on the future. Um, and they are a lovely person to have around. Is that the sort of person that we might, in the old days anyway at least, have called a, a bit of a homebody? Yes, probably, yeah. yeah. A home bird or a homebody. Um, and you have men and women, so girls yeah. and boys, who are the friend type. And um, it's terrible if they're pigeonholed, you know, mm. into, oh, well, you know, that they're, they're playing with dolls or they're playing with, with children, you know, that, that, that's a bit girly or whatever. It's often traditionally seen as girly. But actually, some of the leaders I know who are men and are this voice, this friend voice, are some of the just most influential leaders I know. It's a mm. very influential voice. that they, they can really draw a lot of trust mm. from other people because it's obvious they're not just in life for themselves. They're an alongsider. And we all need that, don't we? We do, absolutely. Yeah. In what way is knowing those traits going to help you raise that child? Really good. So I think knowing that they need to be needed is key. So if, you, if this child starts to feel a bit down or a bit depressed or a bit sad, then actually one way that you can help them is to give them a job, is to remind them that you need them so um, I have a niece who's a friend and, um, you know, during this, this recent season, you know, she, she started making cakes for all the people in the street and going and giving them cakes and leaving notes, doing things for her family. And that was really empowering for her. It helped her to feel energised. And that's what we need. So you did mention before if someone gets stuck, you know, if there is a block of mental health what we want to do is not wrap anyone up in cotton wool although sometimes people will need to just feel safe that's important but we also need to make sure that we get them energized again we help them just get moving and the way to energize the friend is to make them feel needed so so give them a job you might want to give them a choice of two or three things they could do and see which one they choose the way that they can get alongside someone bringing care is what they're born to do so they will, that will really energise them. So that, that's a little tip. And how is this person reaching their friends if they're actually quite sort of drawn to home and the more sort of task orientated stuff? Well, some of the friends are extroverts, not all of them, but lots of them are extroverts. So they do like to go out and meet people as well. Okay, all right. But they wouldn't necessarily um, feel comfortable in a great big room of new people. Mm -hmm. But if it's it's smaller gatherings, they can really shine. So a bit of a one on one. -er. Yes, exactly. OK, yeah. great. Brilliant. So that's the friend. Mm -hmm. The dreamer. Next, we have the dreamer. So this is known as the creative voice um, when we do it corporately and with adults. But I think for the for the child, the dreamer is a really good name for this one. Often they're introverted. So a lot of what goes on for this child goes on inside their own head. 
and I remember a boy at school and I remember Stuart Brown who would be asked a question by a teacher and he would just go quiet and he'd put on this on his face this very puzzled look and it would infuriate the teacher and I think probably inside me I'd think Stuart just say something get yourself off the hook you know I'd be rooting for him but he just had this expression and it would remain on his face and he couldn't speak and I often think of him when I think of the creative voice or the dreamer and I think he had it all going on in his head he was an intelligent guy but there was a whole world away from building, you know, their, their inner architects, you know, building these ideas, building these worlds, dreaming these dreams within his own head and actually being able to speak about it, actually being able to get that out, to share that. And it can take a lot of patience for the dreamer to be heard. Sometimes the first thing they say sounds like gobbledygook. And in lots of families, you know, it will be dismissed as such. You know, what's he on about again? I've got no idea what he's talking about, neither have I. So if you've got a slightly impatient sibling or parent, as a dreamer, you know, you're going to find that really tough because you're always wary of the way that your ideas are going to be received. And for you, those ideas seem perfect. You know, they absolutely seem like... Um, exactly the thing that's needed you know and, and, and they are inner perfectionists as well so in so, their head it's whole and it's complete and perfect and it just it just needs to come out in words and yet they're so fearful it's quite pictorial in their head very much so i mean almost like if you, if you imagine an architect's drawing hmm. that's how they'll be and lots of creatives or dreamers can find refuge in like computer games or online things or very technical or lego. games lego definitely place maps you know drawing things out um, because they want things that are exact and the problem for them that they need to overcome and here's coming how to liberate them is that it will never be the the, the realization of their idea will never be as perfect as it is in their head mm. and that's really hard and that can stop them from ever committing to paper or speaking what they can what they can see so there will be parents who have got a child who's a dreamer and they will be so frustrated. Why can't you just write? Your teacher is constantly saying he doesn't write anything down or she doesn't write enough. Part of that is him being released to know or her being released to know she doesn't have to be perfect. And that's what the dreamer needs to hear every day. If the nurturer needs to hear every day, you are wonderful, you are loved, you have these skills, the dreamer needs to hear you do not have to be perfect. And I would almost put that on a piece of paper and pin it up in the bathroom. You know, pin it somewhere they're going to see it every single day. And it's something that I say to my children because they've both got creative or dreamer probably as one of their three voices. So it's something to, to bear in mind. I've definitely got one of these. And I'm looking back at sort of some of the, the busier days of childhood and remembering that, you know, hearing his ideas was really important and having the patience mm. for him to explain mm. them which was mm. sometimes you know as a busy mum quite an arduous task mm. but they were always mm. good they were always a little bit off the wall and perhaps impractical but um, nonetheless I think like you say it, it's affirming mm. the construction mm. and perhaps leading them to realise it doesn't have to be finished in order to come out of your mouth 
Exactly. You can give me the mess. Exactly. I'm not going to mock you and setting up a family culture where that person can say some crazy stuff and everyone will go, oh, what would that look like? Where are you going with that? Rather than, Brilliant. that's nuts, that doesn't work, that wouldn't stand up. Brilliant. So the active listening stuff that mm. you do is really, really helpful for the dreamer. So they might need to explain it a second or even a third time before you go, ah, oh, oh, now I get it. Mm. Oh, there's the goal. Oh, what a great idea. Oh, wow. Mm. Because they will see things coming way before other people do. They can see oh, really? the horizon. Absolutely. You know, but that's more of a pioneer thing, isn't it? No, they're even, they see even further ahead than the pioneer okay. voice does. Past they, the horizon. They see five to ten years. You know, they've got their telescope out, sort of craning it at the horizon right. to see what's coming. Do you so, mean technologically or in advancement or what, what kind of coming? In any way that they're inspired. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can see people um, like Musk, who is, you know, that, that technology, you know, he's obviously got the dream of very high creative voice. And then you also, um, you know, see people involved with the environmental stuff moving forward. So Greta Thunberg, you know, I would say she's got that dreamer voice very, very high. So it, it, it could be a number of different causes and in a number of different areas. But you know, just look out for those characteristics of introverted thinking and actually just struggling slightly to be understood and always finding the social elements of life slightly harder. Mm. Mm. And perhaps not fitting in with everybody, mm-hmm. finding it slightly harder to find friendship groups. Yeah, a bit more off the wall. But they must not give up, you know, sharing. Finding some patient listeners and that, that starting at home so that they can build up trust mm. that what they have is worth sharing is, yeah. is a great place for them to be released. I love that. I love that. And, I, you know, I'm not saying I was always good at it, but I can remember occasions where it's like, I've really got to drill in here. He's got something to say and I want to find it. Yeah, so good. Brilliant. Well done. The policeman. The little policeman. I just thought this is um, the voice, we call it the guardian, um, the voice of order, the voice of systems. You know, the voice of right and wrong, black and white. You know, they're very binary in the way they think. So um, we've got a little friend um, who I always think of and he wants to be a policeman and he, he's very much like this. Um, what they bring is they bring structure. They often have plans. They often want to put things into lists. Um, they often get on very well at school. There's lots of policemen type characters, guardians who are in teaching roles as well because they're good at organising things, organising systems. Um, they, they will come across as very diligent. They'll make their deadlines. So if you've got a child who's like this, often they're brilliant at getting their homework done. They'll kind of lead themselves um, because they, they are really motivated by getting it right. So it's a sort of tick box approach. Um, Gosh, so they that like could have t- a perfectionist a stumbling block, couldn't it? It could. They're not as perfectionist as the creative voice. The policeman is, tra- is task-driven or the policewoman is task-driven. So she wants to tick things off and they want to sort of everything to be in order. They often will keep their room quite tidy. So <laughs> you know, they're traditionally you know, known as being a good kid. Oh, gosh. Yes. Yeah. And, and isn't, that, isn't that interesting that we have these different ways of seeing the world... But one of them, a particular primary school level, I think, and even into secondary, they are praised for being a good kid when actually they're following their natural instincts. Yes, it's so unfair, isn't it? Do you think also it's possible that sometimes that child gets mislabeled as bossy? 
yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, bossy, unyielding, wanting to be the leader, they can often get those sorts of labels. Um, but actually, they are a team player. But I think what other people need to realise about them is that's them bringing their best. When they bring their order, they're bringing their best. And I've got a great application here. Um, I heard a story recently from a friend and colleague of mine. She's a housemistress. And she um, welcomed her girls back recently. And her head of house is the police character, the policewoman. So that's She's, a student. Yeah. I should make that clear. Right. Sort of the head student of the house. Okay. She came back and she was very low because of the season we've been in, back at school, away from school, you know, coming and going, feeling quite low. And my housemistress friend said, do you know, my instinct would have been to wrap her in cotton wool and demand nothing of her. But mm. because she knows about the voices, she said, I knew that she's a policewoman character, a guardian. And so I know what energizes her. And that is systems, lists, processes so i gave her a big bundle of tasks i said right we need rotors for the tuck shop <laughs> we need timetables right. and we need um, lists and off she trotted she fulfilled all of that within 24 hours i've got a happy policewoman head of house going for it person again fully energized battery fully recharged and was that partly because she was given a task that worked for her or could it have been partly because I'm low because I don't know what this term looks like. I don't know what shape it is. Therefore, now we've got some structure and order. I'm more confident. Both. Both yeah. and. Both of those things. It's so, being able to manage the environment. So for the policewoman or the policeman, one thing that's going to really trigger them is if they're sharing a room with someone who's very disorganised, that is going to cause them quite a bit of sort of mental ill health. You know, they're going to feel quite low about that because they need order. When things are tidy... Then they feel happy, exactly, Mm. and energised. But just going back to that child, that can be the child that does come across as a bit domineering. Mm -hmm. And whilst, as you say, that's where they're flourishing, they're bringing their strength, Mm -hmm. but in order that everybody flourishes Mm -hmm. in that unit, Mm -hmm. how do you dial that down so it's not overbearing for the others? It's so good. And I think it's along the lines of creating a culture where there's not always a right and a wrong. So making sure that they can understand that some of these things that they think are black and white might be for your family culture. You know, there may be certain things you say, we will never do that. You know, we will never gossip about each other outside of the home. That might be a black and white issue. But on other issues, they're more grey. And that's what the guardian needs to understand, or the policeman or the policewoman needs to understand, is that they can't lay down the law on everything, and they need to be encouraged to be open-minded about other people's opinions. So actually teaching them about the voices can be very helpful. So when I do lots of different work with different organisations, it's often the guardians that are a little bit speechless, you know, a little bit, oh, oh right, oh, I didn't actually realise that there were other ways of seeing the world. So them realising that actually they aren't always right, particularly working with teachers. Yeah, and can they cope if they're not leading? They can if the person who's leading is competent or they perceive them as competent. Right, so it's helping them to see their value in a non-leadership role in a particular scenario? Yes, exactly. So it, it can be both of those things. It can be that they have this tendency to want to dominate, but it can also be... It's a hard role to play. 
often it's it's undervalued because other people want to just get on with the job do some stuff that's fun move things forward and they're the ones saying hang on a minute you know why are we thinking of moving house you know we've been here all this time they often protect the past and they sort of want to stay in that place of place of safety and they will be quite slow to move things forward often and is that because where the past is it had structure and they understood it whereas the future might feel a little bit unshaped it could it could possibly yeah. be that i think that's an interesting one so i feel like i've got one that is both the dreamer and the policeman and yeah. yet that seems like an incongruous match it's an unusual one but it is there um, so yeah, the, the the Guardian Creative, fascinating really, um, because you've got the the order in the systems, the detail, but then you've also got that future thinking. So uh, you know they'd be quite technical about things, I imagine. But the world is their oyster, really, isn't it? With the way that we've moved forward with technology, for them to be able to combine those two characteristics is quite exciting. But yeah, there's, there's challenges for them socially, I would say. And you don't necessarily think of a child as being sort of dreamy and creative at the same time as being structured and ordered. I think it is an unusual combination. I mean, I noticed that he orders his week and then if anything changed in the week, he will go back. It's all in pencil. He'll rub it out and put what actually happened in that time slot, be it having a a rest, raking the garden, (laughs) you know, as in doing a chore, you know, having lunch a little bit later. And I've watched him do this with fascination. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Having a record of what he's done and being accurate, you know, so wanting to be truthful. Yeah, truth is a very high value. But then again, truth from the way they perceive it. Yes, exactly. Which can be hard. And I I do think there are absolute truths, actually, and there are perspective truths. um, And that can be a tricky one. Tigger. Doesn't everyone want to be a Tigger? Tigger. Tigger. I think Tiggers can be Marmite, you know, or you know, they can be, you can love them and hate them in one day. If you've got a child who's a Tigger, you can absolutely delight in them, but they can absolutely drain you as well. You can feel exhausted by their energy, boundless energy. We call them the connector. So the adult you know, version is the connector. No, they know everyone. They want to know everybody. They're, at primary school, they, they know the whole school and, and every single year group. Okay, It's not enough for them just to know their own class or a few people in their class. So they're a bit like a sort of nurturer, but wider and sort of you know broader. So the nurturer has a few close friendships, but the connector has 250 best friends. You know, that's that's where they're heading. You know, they're a teenager on social media and they already have, you know, 5000 followers. So that's the Tigger. They, they bring energy. They're very extroverted. Um, they process everything as well through chatting and talking. So externally. Externally, always. So they will demand quite a lot of a parent, actually. Do you know, I had a client. I have a client, and she, she came last week, and I'm absolutely thinking of her child, as you're saying. this. Just I haven't met her child. I often don't meet my, ch- my client's children. But the description mm. of her wanting to talk to everybody she passes on the street. But is the flip side to this child the one that actually doesn't always leave space for the other family members mm-hmm. to have mum or dad's attention? Would you say that's a, Definitely. a challenge? So yeah. how do you move and shake in the world of the Tigger without crushing their spirit? It's really important that, and I'm married to a Tigger as you? well. Okay. And I have a kid who's a Tigger. <laughs> it's really important that they have some of your exclusive time. And that in that time, they're allowed to dream their dreams and that they are allowed to tell their stories. 
So they're storytellers. You know, they want to tell their stories. So, so they're not the dreamer, though. No, but How they're closely connected. Those two for me. So the Tigger will usually have the dreamer voice very high up as well. Okay. So those two voices do go hand in hand. Um, so often what the Tigger is doing is they're thinking they're thinking about things, they're sparking ideas. Often when they're with other people, they're getting sparked. Yes, yes. And that starts to build these ideas, whereas the dreamer will do them in their head. They'll sort of build them in their head. They're the sort of inner architect. The Tigger will do it outside as he's speaking, as she's right. talking. Right. So she is working as she's talking. Yeah. And school is a massive challenge for the Tigger. Because in school, what you, you have to be, quiet. be quiet and you have to work on your own. Yes. So that they are, they, their bounce is literally often just sort of squeezed out of them unless they've got some, you know, really wonderful sort of very differentiated teaching methods being employed in their school. It's one to watch out for. And it's one I've always talked to teachers about with my Tigger and said, look, he really does need times where he is learning interactively. And he needs things to look forward to in the day as well that are more creative, more wild, less structured, you know, just more sort of externally processing so play. Does that child need to look forward because they're a forward thinker? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or do they need to look forward just to be sure that there's something in the day that isn't going to look like sitting down and working? Both. Okay. They're a forward thinker. They're thinking about the future, they're thinking about new things. They love new, shiny things. They love events. So they're always thinking, what's happening at the weekend? What we're we doing next, you know? So okay. often that's their dialogue in the evenings, um, probably. But not like the one who's looking past the horizon, or is that a similarity with the dreamer? Well, the dreamer thinks five to ten years ahead. The tigger thinks two to five years ahead. But you oh, put those together, yes, and they're actually going, <laughs> and oh, where are we going? What's happening next? Yeah, they don't want to stay yeah. still. Variety is the spice of life for the so, tigger. No surprise parties for the Tigger. They want to look forward to it. No, it's coming. Yeah, but I mean, they, they would take a surprise party. <laughs> <laughs> they would take a party any time of the day. Right. Because they're energised by people yes. all the time. So yes. they don't really have an off button for socialisation. So actually, this season has been a really tough one for connectors, for the Tiggers, where they don't have those spontaneous opportunities to bump into people mm. and to meet people and to connect with others. So just making sure that we understand that. We liberate them by listening to them, listening to their stories, and we liberate them by actually taking ourselves sometimes out of our comfort zone so they can interact with other people in a spontaneous way. So allowing spontaneity is really important. Which, as you say, there hasn't been a huge amount of. No, no. Which means that I often think with this sort of character type, I obviously haven't seen it in the same terms as you have because I don't have that intel But just as you're describing it, I think of that character type as if they don't interact with new people, their ideas get stuck. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's where they get low. That's where they get low. And actually, my Tigger has been biting his nails. And and that's always a sign to me that something's inside, something's got trapped, something's got stuck. For him or generally? For him. Nail biting. Okay. For him. There'll be there will be ways that you can see it with the Tigger. They'll get low. They'll you know that that they might escapism as well is a tendency so they might want to just spend lots of time on their computer games or 
eat too much, you know, eat lots of junk food. You know, they, they, they will look for an experience okay. that is pressed. going to keep fueling them yes. because they're not being fueled by the things that are healthy for them to be fueled by, okay. like socialisation. So listening to them, getting them out, even if they're just talking to people in the shop, having social interaction with newness. Exactly. Understanding, and I'm quite different to that to that type. So I'm I'm kind of quite happy at just being us at home, you know, and, and doing our own little things and maybe having the odd Zoom and seeing some family, you know, and on driveways or having the takeaway on Saturday is an event for me. Sorry, that's a bit sad. But actually, <laughs> my, my little boy really looks forward to, you know, I set up a Zoom, a Roblox Zoom with his mates. Yes. So they all go on their, their tabs yeah. and there's about eight of them and then they all appear, their faces all appear on their on the Zoom. And he organises, he invites them all into the room from the waiting room. He gets them all in, says hi to them. And then they, they play together. They go and find each other. That's every Tuesday evening. And for him, that's an event. And they look forward to it all day. Right. Um, so it's finding ways to make sure that they get to socialise and have experiences with others. Yes, experiences is a good word. And the commander. So the commander in chief. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, imagine a kid. I mean, I, I think of um, this cartoon boss baby sometimes because I've got a commander and literally at 18 months, I remember him sitting in an armchair with his legs spread out and his bottle, you know, right next to him and sort of calling me to, to bring him things, <laughs> which is a bit of a stereotype. But the, the commander in chief, we call it the pioneer voice and they are born to take ground. Okay, so they aren't as bouncy as the Tigger. They aren't quite as forward thinking as the Dreamer, but they are forward thinking, strategic. They like games. So, okay, so my, my commander in chief can beat all of us on, on memory games. Um, I mean, I really have to bring my A game when I'm playing with him. I'm <laughs> teaching him chess at the moment and it won't be long before he beats me six. It's hilarious. <laughs> but it's that strategy. It's thinking, what do I do to win? And actually, they need to do that. They need to be given opportunities where they are allowed to, within a structure, they have to solve a problem. That's what will energise them. Solving problems will energise them. So, you know, they can get very low if there's no opportunity for them to creatively solve a problem. Right. So at home, the problem could be how do we fit all of this into a day or you actually want to give them a bowl of string and tell them to unravel it what kind of problem can you throw a commander-in-chief well mine mine really likes sort of thinking about how you know we could do things better so um you know this isn't quite working is it or this cupboard is a is a complete tip you know where do i put everything they'll like to sort of think okay why don't you try this here or why don't we move that around i think oh actually that's quite a good idea it's so amazing what they can think of you know um you know, okay, we want to have a pet, but dad's allergic to lots of pets. Mm. What can we do? Problem solving. Put pets outside. Oh, I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, that's a really good idea. So problem solving, throwing those sorts of, of problems at them. Our next door neighbour's not very well. You know, what are we going to do about it? I'll make them a card. Okay, great. So that is where the commander in chief is a friend, actually. I, do you know, I was going to say this, mm. you're slightly describing one of the character traits of friend. Mm because you were talking about them being practical mm. and needing to be useful. Mm. They're quite similar, those two, aren't they? So the friend will be more focused on the, the present situation. So, OK, here's something here. How do we move it forward? And probably um, very focused on something smaller would be helpful for the nurturer okay. or the friend. But the pioneer can actually solve quite big problems. 
actually likes to think quite big. Now, as a child, that's obviously going to be not as big as let's solve world peace, but they're going to be thinking, okay, what could we do? So they might move very quickly from saying, I'm going to make my next door neighbour a card because he's not very well, to saying, hey, mum, shall we shall we make cards for all of the neighbours on our street who aren't very well? Or should we take some cards down to the hospital? Big thinkers. Exactly. How can we scale this up? Uh, you know, okay. yes. Even as a child, they're thinking, how do we scale this? Yes. So even at school, you know, they might not just be thinking, um, how can I improve playtime for myself? They might be thinking, why don't we fundraise and, and buy some equipment so that, the, so that everybody in our year group or everybody in the juniors can, can flourish? Right. So that's how they bring their love is they won't always know the name of the kid that sits next to them. You know, <laughs> they won't know that the, you know, how's your gran? They won't know to ask those questions that the nurturer just has as a superpower. You know, we'll know bringing cards for birthdays and things. They won't be that personable. So they won't sometimes, you can miss their friendliness if you're not careful, but they will be able to say, okay, how can we love a lot of people? in a way that is scalable, in a way that can help the whole community flourish. That's their big picture thinking. Wasn't that great? I found myself pondering my kids as she went through the different character types. Did you? I can see where the tipping points are and why at times they can feel dry or frustrated and how I can bring them back to life. That's what it is. It's a life-giving tool. What did you find? Is one of your children the friend type? Do they need to be reminded of how valuable their input is? Do they need to be utilised and trusted with a task that will give them that sense of purpose and contribution and bring them back to life? Is one of yours a dreamer? Have they got a factory of ideas in their mind? Do they need you to slow down and hear as it all tumbles out? to listen without too much puzzlement as they just dare to share and spread it all out before you? Or have you got a Tigger, that child that loves to dream but does the dreaming out loud rather than in their mind? They love to connect. They need you to pay attention as they share their stories because it sparks new ideas. They love to spice up life with new experiences. And I know that we can't just be an ongoing fairground for our children, but what we can do is spot when they're drying up and perhaps it's that ingredient for that child that's missing. So I'm thinking of putting a list of the types of voices there are, the five of them, and then next to that, putting a list of where I noticed when my children are drying up. Does one go quiet? Does one get bossy? What sort of characteristics do they display? And then perhaps a little inspiring list next to that of what their need might be. Is it for me to slow down and listen? Is it for me to put an adventure in, even if it's just a small one, a bike ride around the block or something that just brings them back to life? So that's what I'm going to do with it. But I digress. Last but not least, is one of yours a policeman? The world might think that they're bossy. Perhaps you think that they're bossy sometimes. Perhaps they do behave in a bossy way sometimes, but it doesn't mean to say they are bossy as a label. But actually they love order and they function best when their environment has order. Perhaps that would go next to that child's name, put some structure in, help them understand the landscape. Because giving that child a good structure will help them not to tip over into ordering others about but in fact to enjoy their world and flourish because it makes sense to them. Do they need to get stuck into a bit of planning? 
Do they need to know what can be black and white in your home, in the playground, in the environments they move in, and actually where they need to cope with a bit of grey? I would say if you've got a child on the spectrum, quite possibly they will struggle with the grey areas. Just a little aside there. Well, you've probably seen bits of those in your different children. Because remember, we're not one voice. We have a leading voice, probably a close second, and so on. What combinations are yours? I hope you've enjoyed that and found your children in there somewhere and picked up a little gem as to how to energise them in those stuck places so you don't clash and you don't get frustrated and they don't get frustrated, but they come back to life. Isn't that what it's all about in the end? Helping them to flourish, bringing out the best in them and importantly, helping them to understand their own blueprint so they can help themselves when they're stuck, confused or low. That's where their relationships will thrive. Laura is a coach. She's a brilliant, energetic and insightful person. And if you think that bringing her insights to your organisation or your family could be life-giving for you or for your workplace, find her link below at salmonfishing.com. And also find the link to her previous podcast 15 on the five voices of adults. And if you're looking for me, I'm easy to track. I'm the Courageous Mama on Instagram, blog or at Gmail. I'm here for you if you need some help in family life. Pop to my blog and see how it works to have some one-on-one coaching, some support in a place where family life is stressful or just to chat through some of the difficulties one of your children is having or perhaps causing <laughs> pop to the link below on coaching and you can follow me on insta and what i'd really love is for you to put a comment and punch me a few stars below on the podcast that helps other people to find me and it helps to spur me on too have a great week and i'll see you next week